I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey guys, welcome back to Soul Sisters. Jesse Katz here with my favorite co-host this with the most this, Dara Golub. Oh, that's so sweet. How's it going, Dee? my morning. It's going great. We uh, we missed you for an episode. I missed you guys. I'm glad that you're back. Yeah, that was awesome though. Um, Ani DeFranco, yeah, that was a good amazing. one. Um, yeah, and it was great having Lane in. But you know, you're my number one ride Aww. or die. It'll <laughs> 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 never change. <laughs> um, and I'm glad that you came back for this episode in particular. Oh my god! Because it was amazing. It was amazing. Um, we both had. Um, very specific sort of expectations given i watched the documentary that we refer to quite often in the podcast just the night before uh-huh. and it's such a specific persona you know should we say who we're talking about we're talking about sophie b hawkins <laughs> <laughs> the one and only uh-huh. uh of damn i wish i was your damn. lover fame i can't stop damn. singing that <laughs> oh man every time anyone says anything to me ever in the past week i'm just like damn, damn. <laughs> It's so great. It feels so it's good. It's really good. And I like that. I don't think she'd ever like thought of an abbreviation. Yeah. We kind of brought that up. We're like, uh, it's you a know very long song. Damn, I wish I was said. your lover. Yeah. And then we're like, how do we, can we just say damn? Well, Is that you, okay? Like, tried to say hand? it fast yeah. at one point and it was like the weirdest no, I mumble. I was like, all right, we got to settle this once and for all. Oh no. Yeah. Uh, and, and she's saying, uh, as I lay me down, which I was telling a friend of mine last night that we, I just talked to her and he was living in India with his family when that song came out and he has a very specific memory of being in his living room in India seeing that music video for the first time and a lot of people have very specific (laughs) visceral memories of her we all have our own yeah you because well it came out during our generation's formative years oh yeah of like having crushes and like connecting songs romantically with people you know right for good or bad. For good or bad. <laughs> right. Yeah. Which we talk about with her. Um, good for me because it was in Beverly Hills 90210, the greatest show right. of all time. So, <laughs> Which we haven't really talked about, but I sort of missed that train we'll never kid we, okay we won't or go there. you won't it's be pretty sad back to the show uh <laughs> am i saying you're number one um but uh no so she performed i had to leave after the podcast yeah she performed for the facebook live she did facebook live for billboard she did five songs i think and she just is such a phenomenal live performer she's someone who just puts her heart and soul into her song and at some point like she had her shoes off she stood up on stage and she closed her eyes and she had her like crazy blonde hair hanging over her face and she was just like just channeling Mm -hmm. i mean 
to me it was like channeling Janice, which mm-hmm. we talked to her about. She played Janice Joplin in a play and and felt very in touch with her spiritually. You and I tell. could totally see it when she was performing. It was amazing. Cool. Yeah. She's yeah. a badass. Yeah. In a lot of ways. Just a very like independent soul. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, so this is a fun one. Yeah, okay. I don't know. Let's just get I, into it. I think it. we hyped it amazing. enough. Yeah. Okay, here you go, guys. Sophie B. Hawkins on Soul Sisters. Hi, guys. Hi. Hi, Sophie B. Hawkins. Hi. Hi. This is you? a big day for us. I'm very excited that you're here. Oh, neat. I've been singing your songs and bragging about you coming in for the past week. Wow. So all my coworkers are excited that the day has finally yeah. come, so I'll shut the fuck up about it probably. But they're also very excited. So this is, um, yeah, an honor. Thank you for wow. joining us. Well, thank you. I feel honored. Okay. <laughs> it's mutual. Yeah. We, uh, we both had the opportunity to, to check out your documentary. Oh, my goodness. Yes. So <laughs> by way of starting, I wondered if we wanted to talk about that, it, like, Talking the context of that's from 1997, 98. Right. And it's a documentary all about you, and sort of this comes after your first two records. Yes. And your huge successes. Yes. From uh, As I Lay Me Down and uh, Damn I Wish I Was Your Lover. Yes. And it's this documentary all about you. And so we, bo- so I just watched it, and so I have all of these questions sort oh, of great. that stem from it. But I wanted to ask you before even doing that, how connected you feel to that person, and is that even fair? Sophie, to that do? person? Yeah. I love that person. So I feel very connected to myself. And especially, no, because also, in, in, if you had asked me this, you know, several years ago when I was in so much turmoil, when I was leaving, that was when I first moved to California from New York. And I had never lived anywhere else. Of course, I toured the world. I'd lived in London for two years in Paris for a year. But all that was being, you know, Sophie B. Hawkins making my my second record. So when I moved to L.A. and I met the person who said, I want to make a movie on you, and I said, all right, you know, I'll talk, no <laughs> do, L.A., and then I thought I was also going to be in and out of L.A. I never thought I would leave Manhattan. Uh-huh. And I ended up staying in L.A. because this one job after another. And then I learned to drive and I got a dog. And I just felt like I was learning so much. And also I loved the desert. And I felt actually inspired as a songwriter to be close to, you know, what Joni Mitchell's California and to be close to Georgia O'Keeffe's desert. Mm-hmm. All that was really intriguing to me. And I and then the documentary when when Gigi Gaston said, I want to make a movie on you, and I thought, she'll just come to rehearsal, she'll film it, and she'll never come back. But I guess she found that there was a lot of meat there. What was oh, your relationship? Yeah. yeah. What was your relationship to her at the time when she I said... I didn't know her. And I thought, you know, she was commanding. Um, she, I, I said when I met Gigi that I felt like I was looking at a Greek goddess. Yeah. She had just beautiful uh, stature. And I, I think that's how people would describe you also. Oh, yes. that's really that's interesting. Yeah. So maybe we were two Greek goddesses together. Right. Exactly. So I thought that um, she had she had so much brain power and she was so out of the box, as you can tell by the documentary. And I did keep fighting with her during it. But I thought, you know, <laughs> after being in the music business, which was, you know, so in so many ways upsetting. And I'll tell you why. Not the usual ways. Like, for instance, when I was nominated for a Grammy for Best New Artist, and Sony, and this is, you know, Sony literally said, don't go to the Grammys, we're not paying for it. And I, and, and I didn't say why, but my manager said, probably why, or you should pay for it. You know, she's nominated. And they said, well, she's not going to win. Well, that wasn't the point. So in other words, my whole spirit 
of creativity wow. was so bashed mm -hmm. on the rocks again and again and again by the this record company who on the one hand supported me so brilliantly, a real true artist. They really put me up there and put me out there, mm -hmm. but then they were angry that I was a real true artist. Not mm -hmm. they. I think just probably one person in the company who was right. very high up was angry about it. So th my experience was like I had this problem with authority, but most artists do. You know, right, was, right. so I ended up going to California to get a get a breather, to get a way to to reclaim my my essence, my core, my center, and to challenge myself. I didn't even have a driver's license when I went there. So then I met this person who was another Greek goddess, and she <laughs> said, "I'm going to make a movie." And I thought, "On what? What could you possibly make a movie on?" Because everybody had always told me there was all these stories in my songs, and they're all in the documentary. And I said. You're just projecting your own You weren't childhood. conscious of it yet? Not at all. Well, uh. <laughs> I was, but I didn't want to admit that I was okay, conscious got it, of okay. it. And it's so much deep. I mean, the documentary is the tip of the iceberg in so many ways mm -hmm. because, you know, the documentary was me resisting this story that this filmmaker, that's why it says a view on the life of Sophie B. Hawkins. Yeah. It really is her interpretation from the lyrics. And that's pretty pure. Mm -hmm. yeah. Her interpretation is pure. And when I really felt that I was bucking against her, she showed a lot of that. So, yeah. and you know, I never signed the release. Really? And she, and the reason why I didn't was because I. she said, you don't have to sign the release. And so I never did. To this so, day? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> was there an issue with it coming out? I didn't want it to come out. But then again, I thought, you know, it's it. some parts of it are really beautiful. Yeah. yeah. It's such a, but that's life. And, and everyone advised me who knew me, don't let it come out and they were probably right but maybe they were wrong how do i know well i don't i mean what harm do you think it could have done you looking back now well i mean my family oh yeah. okay that okay yeah did it do you think it made you guys stronger in the long run i think it brought up things we absolutely had to look at yeah but you know are still you know did it make I think it, I don't know how it affected each person individually. I mean, yeah. my mother was very much a part of the documentary. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it was almost, in many ways, her documentary a lot. Right. Uh -huh. She was trying to pull it into that realm of, right. of her. And she's a very, like, she's like one of Shakespeare's witches. <laughs> and she is a character. She's a real character yeah. and a poet and a writer. Mm -hmm. And I loved it when she was on camera because uh -huh. I thought she was unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. Captivating. Right? Yes. Like, you could almost make a play off the documentary. Oh, for Definitely. sure. Yes. So in it's, that way... I mean, I it was fascinating. <laughs> it's like, sorry, sorry, the dream that a documentary filmmaker has is, oh, I'm going to start making this about one thing, about this artist and her music, and then all of a sudden this something else fascinating emerges. Right. right. Happen and you discover these characters, and your mother is certainly... She's amazing. Yeah. But there are moments where you guys are talking about really hard, dark things, yes. but also laughing yes. together, you know? I know. Which, that is totally relatable. That's yes. the crazy thing about families. You can go through yes. some real fucked up shit right. together, but you still love each other. Right, or something to aspire to. I mean, that's not common. It was. It felt very unusual to see. Yeah. Such laughter. Well, but it can be a fine line too, right? Because sometimes you're laughing through pain when really you need to be like, no, this is right. real. This was trauma and we need to address it. Right. You know? But you know what I've learned, and I learned it in the documentary. Like my brother was, my brother also signed. They did sign releases, all of them. Uh -huh. My brother signed on to do it, and he was very expressive. You know, I didn't have to deal with her shit and or anybody's shit, and I just moved to California. And he was uh, her practicing every day was so annoying and whatever. But 
and he looked, you know, with his bobby pins, he looked like a real individual. And he, he's amazing. Everyone in my family is amazing. My father died. So he is still the silent cat mm -hmm. um, in the whole picture. But my brother and my sister and my mother and I now have a really, um, we're very committed to the family. And I have two children, Dashiell, who's eight, and Esther, who's two, almost two years old. And we're all, like, we're all going to the Cape this summer. We are, I see, they're on the Upper West Side. We see them a lot. And my sister has two children. And I think in the end of the day, it will be very good for the family to have this because it's so easy to say these things didn't exist, these things didn't happen. Like when my mother, who's 80-something, when she dies, you could say, you can never remember her, but you can look at her on that film mm -hmm. and see how incredibly complex and powerful yes. and what a, what a teller of tales she was. Right. Right. So anyway, I, I think in the end of the day, I'm not upset, but it was... To the outer family, they're like, you should feel so guilty and you should apologize and you must feel really bad coming around here again. And I go, for what? And they go, that movie. And I said, well, did you see it? No. And I said, well, watch it. <laughs> and then the next thing they're talking about is, it, well, you know, I mean, I have a little issue. Blah, blah, blah. So it's so that's the thing with it. It is not a lie. Right. Right. But it is also a portrayal of you as an artist that might be separate from what your fans would have imagined or known. Yeah, maybe mm -hmm. they don't want that. But, I mean, it makes you the complete art. You're a person. Right. You know, and I think that's what you decided. And that's what I wanted to ask you also is that you sort of decided when Sony wasn't cooperating with your right. artistry. Right. It was that sort of a, a, a marking point of a decision when you said, I am this person. I am an artist. And I don't want, I would choose to be that over the fame that's sticking with well, this. That's an exactly a great question because I remember saying to the head of the, the record company, Sony, I would rather be on my porch when I'm 95 and say I was a songwriter and I was an artist, not I, at this point in my life, decided to work with such and such co-songwriter and such and such producer and, and have huge hits and wear and look and say these things and not be happy with my material because they took the song Lose Your Way that I wrote on the banjo and they had it remixed a million times and tried to take the banjo off and put on these fake backgrounds that were stolen from other songs, you know. Um, ironically, that that beautiful Four Non Blonde song, with that great songwriter, mm -hmm. they took those backgrounds and put them on Lose Your Way and I said, come on. <laughs> I mean, but that was the beginning. Now it's like all the time. Right. Yeah. People are doing that. All the people are taking huh. that the song. You know, I won't say what, but they take the songs from from like the '40s and the '20s that are piano songs that everyone knows as a kid. Practically, watch it's going to be a song, <laughs> and they don't. And it's unapologetic. Yeah. So, but this was the beginning of it, and I saw and I marked that change, and I stood at those crossroads, and I said, "I want to die a true artist," and. That's what I did, and it was—it's been a really interesting road. Yeah, I mean, so this is this is how I see what happened with your career, and is emblematic of your kind of brave life. From what I can tell, that you've led since mm -hmm. then, is that you came out of the gate, and you are just an instant success, like crazy, wrote ubiquitous hits, amazing, but almost immediately felt like you weren't able to do it on your own terms right. and made a very brave decision right. to take control back, right. even if that was going to risk your sudden success. Yes. Which I, is incredibly yes. impressive for a young new artist. Right. 
Yeah, and you know, this it's interesting about the sudden success, too, because yeah. I had been writing... So I mean, damn, I wish I was your lover. I didn't write within those years that I was signed to Sony. I wrote way before, mm -hmm. and nobody heard it when I was living on 6th Street, 6th uh, Avenue and Prince Street. Uh -huh. So it wasn't, it didn't feel sudden to me. In fact, it felt like shocking to me that all of a sudden yeah, right, I was right. successful after so many You're years like, Why now? <laughs> of being rejected. I know, yeah. and I felt old already. I felt I've been rejected by every publishing company, every label. Everyone yeah. who's ever come to see me has just walked away without a word. Right. It had been like that for so many years. So you were at that time, I know that you were a percussionist. Yes, I was a drummer. drummer. And which is so badass. Which is the most badass. And it's also <laughs> interesting, just side note, that you keep that you refer to yourself and you think of yourself as a songwriter when you're such you're a multi-instrumentalist yeah, yeah, and yeah. songwriter and singer and so but you, you know so we could talk about that how right. you perceive right you know, songwriting as being the main sort of yes thing but uh after you were in that band as a drummer were you then out and gigging and trying to make it as a singer songwriter with with this song Damn? I was, I was yeah, but I, no, I never <laughs> performed the song. I know what Damn. is the shortened version of that? Damn, I, I wish say I was ever. Is there a shorter way to say it? Damn, I just damn, people say. <laughs> okay. I did never perform that song. Kendrick Lamar stole because it by that, that would you say Andrew Kendrick Lamar stole oh. that's yeah, the, the name of now. yeah. yeah. So I never performed Damn Live, and I don't think I ever performed As I Lay Me Down Live. There was something inside of me that kept those, because when I played them for friends, they didn't like them. They didn't get it, and I knew it. I knew the minute Damn came out that it was life-changing. Yeah. What and was I, the uh, arrangement you had? Sorry, then? I feel like you're shackled by this. Oh, I am? That's behind you. Okay, sure. I don't want you to be tethered. Okay, oh. thank you. Thank you yeah. so much. That's so nice. <laughs> the, well, the, the, the form was exactly the same. It was three verses, a huge long bridge, and all those courses. That was exactly the same. And I, I, I remember when my hands, and I still have the piano, I remember when my hands fell on those courses. I was tired, and I'd been playing so long around these changes. And then when my hands hit those chords, and it was a mistake. It was like A to D, but my hands hit a G, and I said that hold on that is magic <laughs> it was a magic sound and it was that bass you mean those note. first two the first duh, yeah duh, and but my hand my so finger, iconic uh -huh. yes and my finger was on the g so uh -huh. i went from a to g and i was like da da and i said <laughs> yeah it was that boom that made it so those two chords big. make yep. me feel away exactly every right? time i hear yeah. it and then so the, and there was this this space in it and then that old dog has changed you up boy yeah. So you wrote it on the oh. piano? Yes, I write almost everything on the piano. I wrote As I Lay Me Down on the guitar, which is only because I didn't have a piano. And I played the guitar like a piano player, basically. So that moment, though, the minute those chords happened and the minute those lyrics came out, I said, oh, my God, this is so big, I'm not sure I can even have it come out. It was a feeling of such fear and such love and such... It could almost make me cry right now, like a true baby. Yeah. Even though people have, I've always resented when they call songs babies, because now I've had a real baby. <laughs> <laughs> babies are so much easier than songs. Different meanings. Like, oh, oh that's interesting. Yeah. I know. Well, babies, you can make like you don't have much to do with it. Your body makes it. Right. Right. You just have to spend the money on whatever. Or <laughs> that's You're the modern way. You're making childbirth sound amazing. <laughs> do you have children? No. Oh, well, it's easier, but it's hard if you can't have children and you have a lot of issues. Right. But psychologically, I guess it's hard. But for me, childbirth wasn't as hard as being an artist. Ooh. 
But in terms of actual songwriting, do you feel like you're very intentionally sitting down and cooking this thing? Or yes. do you have like the conduit feeling of like it's coming oh. through you? So, oh, it's okay. So or it can go great. either way? Well, it's both because yeah. I, I definitely sit down like this musical I'm writing now, which I wrote first as a play. You know, now that you've seen the documentary, you know I have material. So I wrote a play, which is actually a very funny play. Uh -huh. And then people said, you've got to make it a musical. And I was like, oh, no, songs again? <laughs> so then I sit down. And, but so I sit down intentionally to write a song. Uh -huh. But I know that I don't know when the magic will come. That conduit thing will come. Mm -hmm. But you have to be there. And I think a lot of artists have said that. Yeah. So in a sense, it's this discipline of making yourself sit down, which is also sort of nice. It's nice to be able to totally. sit at a piano yeah. and do other things for a yeah. living. I think it's a Picasso quote. He said you have to show up for the muse. Yes, yes, yes. Like and you got to like sit that. down and be ready for it. Right. That's yeah. exactly. And that's why when you said about do I identify as a songwriter or a musician, I never feel every song I start fresh and I think I'll never be able to write a song. Why am I thinking I can write a song? And then, and then this is the same with music. No matter how many hours I've practiced, I go, why am I thinking I can do this? And <laughs> really, and then I just say, oh, well, yes, yes. I know there's people who think they're so great at everything. <laughs> and <laughs> then I look back and I go, I really was good at that. Right. Or I am good at that. But, yeah. it, but not in the moment I feel like, oh, no, I'm starting from scratch. The, right. the filmmaker, Gigi, said, called you um, a modern-day Beethoven she Janis did? Joplin. Yeah. When did she say that? <laughs> I don't know, in a quote about the film. That's so interesting because she wrote a play where I played Janis Joplin. Right. And it was a really great play. But the Beethoven part is pretty amazing. I don't know too. why she would say the Beethoven part, <laughs> well, but she's not I a musician. Well, you have a natural proclivity for... Like, did music come easy to you? I also no. read no. Well, well, it's like, I mean, what did you read? In the, or I think it was actually something <laughs> really? that you said in the documentary about uh, watching your friends take piano lessons yes, before Eliza. you had the chance. And that you just saw her hands on the keys and were like, that looks like divine happiness. Yes. Which is, if you have that feeling sitting down at the piano, it just yeah. sounds a lot easier than being like, oh, God, I have to practice now, and this is Right, hard. right, which is why I don't push my son to practice. Mm, uh -huh. That is true. Okay, so I think that the muse does come in spades for me, like the, the chord changes and the movement, and people go, um, I w somebody, I, this very, very sweet woman said it would be my dream to write with you, and... I said, okay, so let's do it. It was really a, a great moment, and she's a really good songwriter and singer herself. And so at certain points, like, I keep turning it on its head, and she thought it would be done when it, the first session, and I said, are you kidding me? We haven't <laughs> even begun yet. This yeah. sounds like every other thing out there. And then I keep coming back, and, and, and before each session, I think we're never going to get this. And then finally, I've turned it around so much, and this, and she goes, how can you do You can, Wait a minute, that sounds great. I guess that's why you're Sophie B. Hawkins. And I go, I guess that's why. <laughs> there you go. I guess that's right. this natural thing, what you just pointed out, where I really am going for something new. I'm going for something like that, those damn chords. But then you have to connect it with the chorus and then the bridge. It all has to make sense, and it all has to be new. Yeah. It can't be the same, and it can't be reminiscent. And I think that's mm -hmm. what maybe I think everyone should be going for that. And then I get so disappointed, like when I hear... You know, the next thing we hear, -bum 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 -bum, and then you're going to hear that's a hit, and you go, how could you do that? It's almost blasphemous. Right. Yeah. It, it's so, there's so much about you that's so refreshing and different. And, I mean, most artists will not cop 
cop to the fact, or maybe I don't know if it's you know being dishonest or being humble or something, but they won't say like, yes, I knew this was a hit. I felt it. It was exciting. There's something right. in that music, and, and in you don't always lyrics, know. You don't always know, but I think sometimes you do know. I think it's very right. nice to hear like you're mm -hmm. like, yes, I knew that was special. That was almost too special to come out. You yes, know? yes, that's, it like, was very so uncomfortable. That's really great. Now, and there's one song that I've written recently for the musical I'm writing that had that specialness, and I knew. When it was coming out, and it's always, and here is the thing, you do have to show up for the music, and it doesn't seem that hard when it's 9 to 5, but when you push yourself to get up at 2 in the morning, which often does have to happen, yeah. like I will fall asleep reading with my son, and now we read in tandem, like he reads his books and I read mine, but we're still lying there, it's still like heavenly. It's amazing. And then I fall asleep, and then I go, and then at some, I wake up and I think, just go back to bed, just go back to bed, you're going to have to get up with your daughter, blah, blah, blah. And then I say, no, you can't, you've got to push yourself, and I push myself to get up. That's the moments where you know you're really having to show up for the music yeah. those yeah. do have to be there right, right. man i just I, so this morning i was like singing damn and like being excited and my coworker, a guy was sitting across from me and he was getting annoyed with me and i was like what and he's like ah, i like i i can't hear that song anymore and i was like come on that's like one of the great songs and he was like well honestly i associate it with this time in my life when like i was trying to talk to girls for the first time and they wanted nothing to do with me oh wow and i have like this bad connotation with it which is so funny cuz to me I think I like first heard it in an episode of 90210. Yeah, yeah. And it was like, it's tied to like my sexual awakening as a human wow. being. When I was like first having crushes on people. And like that was romance to me, was yes. like songs like that, you know? Yes. So it's so interesting it's how a song can be tied to young love. It's going to be tied all to young the love, things. good or bad. Yeah, right. it's true. It's, totally it's going to be the full spectrum. But for sure, for both of us and our whole, I mean, our generation, it was tied to like school dances and 90210. Right. And Isn't that amazing? <laughs> yeah. And to me, it's still it's like a sense memory as it right. was. Yeah. I, every time I sing it, I feel like, wow, this feels real to me. I have those feelings now. Of creating it? Yeah. Or oh, of, no, of, young, of that of, love and that yeah. yearning, that longing so much. Because it's, it's, got, it's got enough shades and layers that you can still relate to it as an older person. Right. I mean, Absolutely. forever. You know, that's the problem with getting older for me, is that I don't realize I'm getting older. And I think a lot of older people feel this way. And I'm thinking when I'm 75, I won't remember that I'm 75. And then I'll look in the mirror and be stunned. But isn't that the trick? Isn't that Which, the key to success? But also, what does that even mean? I don't know. Like, isn't that the secret that we all want? It's like, like, oh, I don't right. realize. I mean, you had a kid at 50, is that right? Yes. 50. Like, that is amazing. And that's she, something. Esther. <laughs> Esther, I think that's something that if, if you were constantly thinking, I'm, you know, whatever age I am, it would be harder to okay, do Okay, but like, what things. does that even mean? Mm -hmm. That means, like, thinking about how your age is defined by the expectations of the society you live in, right? Because you right. should feel like the person that you are. What does that mean? Like, I think it means uh, not, right, I mean, feeling you know well. What I mean? There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss.
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. But feeling good is first right. thing. Well, it's one thing to be like, right. I'm getting older. My, my body is starting to fail me and like feeling those things. That's very real. But otherwise, no, you should only what does it feel... Mean? I don't know. I right. think we kind of always feel like the same person. I mean, we go through changes and psychology and all those things, you know, but I think at our core, we kind of always feel the same. No, I like right? that. Yeah. That's why I think you can listen to songs and tap so quickly back into what it felt like to be 12 years old. Definitely. You know, because like, yes, feel that. you do feel the same. But, you know, if there's so many things going on listening to you because a lot of it is how other people perceive you. Yes. And they do suddenly look at you as older and you go, what? Oh, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> That's one thing. Like, you, I don't look good anymore in certain T-shirts <laughs> that I would have been at 30. Sure, okay, that's real. No, it's true because yeah. if they're ragtag, I don't want to be older in ragtag. I want to <laughs> be older and elegant. That's yeah. one. So there's a superficial thing where you want to present yourself in the best way possible yeah. and you know you do look older. And so there's that. Okay. And then, but then... There's also that you're, the things that come out of you, even though I have the feelings of damn, I'll never write damn again. I couldn't ever write it even even five years later. I couldn't have written it again mm -hmm. because that's a moment in time. And although that's in there, there's so many more things. And I sometimes do get frustrated with what comes out of me as an older person. Like mm -hmm. I love my statements. I love my philosophy. I love the musical I'm writing. And, but sometimes I get mad that I'm so different, mad at myself, uh, that I'm so even-keeled. Right. <laughs> like, I'm such a mellow mom. Yeah. Uh, my son calls me mellow fellow. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Awesome. And I don't... I, I mean, that, talk about the difference from the film, from, from yes, 20 years ago. I wasn't ago. mellow fellow then. No. You were not mellow. And it, it's interesting how much... At once, I feel like so much confidence you have and yeah. also so much vulnerability. Yeah, well, that's still true. The vulnerability is still true. And the strange confidence. You know, it's really, and also about how people see you. Like, this is interesting. My son's eight years old and in this school. And he came and he said, I know, oh, wait, I shouldn't out him. I'm not outing him, but I shouldn't say what he said. Okay, forget it. Sorry. Okay, that's okay. <laughs> but that vulnerability and maybe slight overconfidence is crucial yeah. to being an artist and a performer. I think you're probably right. And you it is an overconfidence. Yes, yeah. yes. But then when I see other artists who are, are so technically great, and that's the thing that I have arrived at that I am happy about being older, that how mm -hmm. many times I've performed over these years, how many years has it been? 30? You know, 30 years, I've really performed my butt off. And now I can walk on a stage and know that even if I don't even have a speaking voice, uh -huh. that I will find a voice and I will deliver a great performance. Mm -hmm. yeah. Whereas when I was in the damn days and all that pressure from the record company mm -hmm. and every background singer saying, you can't really sing and you have no technique and all that, it got to me. And yeah. it made it, you know, I wish that I could have had me as a mother. I would have been such a great mother for myself. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's what you can do for yourself now. Yeah, you have that right. wisdom. Right. Yes, and but then, nobody like, cares about you when you're this age. <laughs> right. 
<laughs> I mean, the truth is we are the big, I am, you guys are much younger. I am the biggest market. I am the person who will mm-hmm. actually pay for something. Mm-hmm. And so um, I've, I always said to labels, and why aren't we marketing to 40, 50, 60, 70 year old women? They're dying for things. Do you mean now? And then, like even then, I always said this is a a market that you should be marketing me to because my lyrics have the depth to reach older women, mm. and they never did it because you know why they were guys and they didn't they weren't interested. It wasn't yeah. sexy, and it is sexy to me. And I'm I, I just wish I could tap in to that. And even now, you know, a record company says, well, if you're not on AAA radio, blah blah blah, and I'm thinking, but AAA people who listen to that will never download my record. Right. No, it's but then again, I want support and I want to be out there. Of so. And then again, I do get all the new artists from my son who listens to radio all the time, uh-huh. the playlist. Yeah. So if it weren't for him, I wouldn't know two-thirds of the new songs. Yeah. Well, I got to think the key to a lot of that is just having more women heading record labels and radio stations and, you know, But are they interested? Because there's not much money in it. <laughs> well, is anyone interested is then the question. Yes. Well, not <laughs> sure. But I mean in terms of just, like, marketing to older women – I think that's a matter of like you want to promote the stuff that you want to consume. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you are a man and that's not as appealing to you, you might not promote it as much as, you know, if you're a woman and that really speaks to you, you're going to work I harder to I just have to, to find it. that person who really gets that about women and is and I haven't met that person right. anywhere near the music business yeah. yet. I feel like it's been yourself. Right. <laughs> so yes, like, like right. You, you started a label. You. I did, I did, and I had a really good run. And, you know, at the time, of course, I was thinking I'm not doing well enough, but compared to how the business is, I was doing great. Yeah. And 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 so in it a was way, at a time still people still bought records and still yes you know, and paid I was touring my butt off and mm-hmm. people c- did say you know when I moved back to New York from California where have you been where have you been and I realized that they're just not connected to the music business because I was touring my butt off and releasing records and doing the best I could and doing a lot yeah. of activism and everything. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to ask. I mean, so after Dam, and you talk about this in the documentary a bit, that you felt like you had compromised and you were made ashamed of yourself yes. and moving away from yourself. How did you get back to yourself? Well, that that just happened, um, I think, recently. Yeah? Yeah. I do definitely think having Dashiell was a great way to get back to myself mm-hmm. because I was fighting for him, fighting to have a child, even in the relationship I was in, I was it was the thing that I was doing that was differentiating myself. And it wasn't about music business and success and mm-hmm. failure and always struggling for the next mountain. It was just about being and being creative and letting myself relax into that. And so Dashiell, and he's a very creative soul and a very grounded... Dashiell, believe it or not, grounds me more than any human being has ever. It's just his soul. It's mm-hmm. who he is. And then having Esther also, it's just, sh- and she's the opposite. She is a, she's a queen. Yeah. And as Dashiell says, she's not my queen. <laughs> but they, they really respect and love each other. And, like, she'll take his seat. She'll take his food. She'll, and she's not even two. But he, <laughs> he lets her, but with the caveat that, you know, I'm letting you because you're only not even two. <laughs> yeah. So they've really gotten me in touch with just life again. And life is what art is about, not success. Right. And we stop being, even though I rush a lot because I have two kids, but stopping 
And being just alive is the key to the muse, too. And being near Central Park again, coming back to New York and walking through the park and writing this play, which is so close to me, and having it come like as phrases, just from walking in the park and saying something and going, and then writing it down, something that that simple has brought me, I feel really good. And, and you know, people are frustrated with me always in the business because I have an album. I have an album and it has a title and I even have artwork, but I, I can't let it out because people are saying it's too light. Well, one person says it's great and the other person says it's too light. It's like Judy Collins, which I don't think it's like Judy Collins or whatever, but, and so then I'm going to record the Carlisle live. Oh, you are? Yes, Amazing. I'm, I'm going to record it all three nights because I feel like people keep saying, you live is you. And somehow in recording, you never get the full depth huh. of your voice, that's the amazing. full range of your emotion. And so that's what I decided. So it, like, I didn't panic that people don't love this 17 song thing. Uh -huh. I thought, so, okay, I'm not going to release it. If people are saying that, I'm going to listen to, whether they listen to the choir, not the single voice. Yeah, I'm not going to push it out like I've done with other albums. Uh -huh. The Crossing, I just pushed it out because I felt like it had been too long. Yeah. And it didn't go well enough for me. Okay. So this time I'm saying, you know what, I'm sorry. I'm making all, this, all the mistakes. I've been saying I'm coming out with an album for so long. <laughs> but you know what, I'm going to record the, all these live shows now and, and see how, and I bet you that will be a great yeah. experience. What do you think it is, performing in front of an audience? Yes, because like you know how we are now, yeah. it's alive, yeah. Yeah. and and it's one thing to be a songwriter and to work out all the chord changes and the lyrics and to be with myself, but to get in front of somebody and actually say it because I do, I say the song and it hits me and it dawns on me, and always in between songs I have revelations, yeah. and so I think. And by the way, I'm basically just a blues singer. I've, I've realized that over time. I'm basically just Zora Neale Hurston mm. in a voice. Mm -hmm. mm. And you're not a stiff performer. You will go with the flow. I yes. Mean, <laughs> from, from seeing all of those, that performance footage, I mean, you are wild. You can be wild. I mean, yes. Carlisle would probably be a little more subdued. Maybe not, though. There's not room <laughs> to be wild. Right. But I will be. I'm doing some Janice songs. And I'm are doing you? funny songs that I wrote as Janice, oh, because amazing. I kept trying to get my original songs into the musical of Janice, so I'd write a song as Janice as a cool. demo. And then I'd write a song as Janice just before she's going on at Woodstock, and I kept saying, can't we put this in? Wouldn't this be great? So I have all those. I mean, Janice, she came through me. You know her friends showed up at the play, and they gave me her jewelry. Oh, wow. And they said that you are Janice. There's no question that she you are channeling her. And it almost destroyed my life being Janice. Yeah. What do you mean? Well, because to be her every night, and I really must have channeled her, or at least I feel that way and her friends felt that way, on the stage, and it was a beautiful play that, that Gigi Gaston wrote called Room 105, the room she died in. Mm. So on the stage, I live her life. And so many things that have never been out about Janice because her estate doesn't want them out. Beautiful. That's why they can never make a movie about her. Right, because they have to tell the truth. And this is the key to art. Yeah. Janice, the person with all, and Gigi really had so much of it in her play. And uh, her relationship with her mother and the relationship with this woman, Peggy, and her relationship. The things that really killed Janice, even though it was by, I do believe that it was by accident, but she did it. But mm -hmm. it was one of those fatal mistakes. Mm -hmm. But she was sober, you know, before, she was completely sober before she 
did that overdose of heroin that night. And it was a th- it was an event that caused it, and it was a heart thing. It was something with her lover, um, Peggy, that caused it. And Peggy did something that night. In and it's in Gigi's play, mm-hmm. and I lived it. And then I lived the um, the killing myself on stage, but as as, li- as light, like not light L I T E, but not heavy, but doing the actual act, and in a moment of so much pain, but also so much self-realization, and then my mother comes to me just after I've done it, and she's already been dead, and we make up. Like She says to me, you're beautiful, and she had never said that to me before. She had never said you're beautiful. She had never said you're a good singer, and yet she had been like the, the belle of Texas. She was a great singer. Her mother was an opera singer and taught Janice how to sing, as a coloratura, since mm. Janice was six years old. Mm-hmm. So when Janice became Janice, and I go through that whole thing, the mother separated from her, was you know ashamed of her. So when after I shoot up, and then I have a sort of a dream that my mother comes to me, it's really beautiful, but it's so moving because I'm dying. Right. And the audience knows it, but I don't know it. Yeah. So I'm talking to my mother, and she says these things, and I was crying. And the woman who played my mother is such a great actress. And every night the audience was in tears. And so then when after I died, I came. They they I came. Back Back as Pearl, the album cover Pearl, and just singing my guts out. So it was very powerful. Yeah. But every night to do that, that's a lot. lot. And then at that time, you know, my relationship was breaking up, and there was a a, a thing going on. And I, you know, I'm a very loyal person and very committed person, and been totally committed for 17 years. And then this thing was happening very much like Janice to me, mm. and it was I was watching it, and I had to watch it on from the stage, in the audience almost every night. Wow. Did you have to take a little time out after the show closed to recollect your soul? I was so worried. Yeah. I didn't know what to do when the show closed. Uh-huh. I was so worried. And then I everything fell apart in my life because, like I said, I had been lied to, and I have songs about it on the new album. Mm-hmm. I might do one live. But then I had to get my son and get to high ground because I was so, you know, performing all those nights with a child, and then everything is being taken out for I had to just move I had to move and maybe that was good in survival mm-hmm. maybe that's what got me together again yeah, yeah. Is that what brought you back here yes okay got it but I'm curious about if you have a project that you work hard on and it's from your soul and this body of music and then someone says oh that's too this or that's too that I don't like this I don't like that how does that sit with you how does it work when you create something and then someone sort of crushes it's such a great question <laughs> um well you know i think i respond to it like for instance the music just now well i know that the recording was a certain way so i know the songs are great but the production may be lacking or two one way or another and so i can hear that i think that that's probably True, it might be good for some things, but not good for where I am right now. Do you have a number of people or like a, just, you know, one no, person no, who you I, trust and say, no, if you say this, then no. I'm going to really listen? How no, do you no, gauge? I don't. I don't trust anybody. And that's why I said I had to listen to the choir yeah. because I don't trust anybody. I mean, I think it sounds good, but I always, you know what, you know what it is too? I didn't think, damn, I wish I was your lover sounded good. I when I when that was on the radio and I heard it for the first time in Atlanta and I was so terrified and the beautiful Sony woman said um, her name was Effie or something and she said oh my God your song's gonna play right now and I thought it sounded like crap and I was so like how could this be doing well 
And so I don't even trust myself. Yeah. But I do know that I'm looking for something now. Like when I hear little Jimmy Scott and he rips my heart out, I want before I die to get that on tape or not tape. What do you call it now? Digital. <laughs> I want to get it out there. So I do agree that that isn't there. Uh-huh. And the songs are there, so it's got to be in the production. Okay. Do you resist that comment at first? Like, did you have to sit with it and say, no. do you have a lot of humility it's to so, say okay yeah, to that? Man. No, no, no. No, I don't resist that. I don't. And maybe people have said, like my guitar player says, you're, you're so flexible that it can be bad because you listen to people and then you go, okay, and then I might move off too quickly. But, like, for instance, with the musical I'm writing, I wrote this, like, really rip-roaring first draft. And one person really loved it and wanted to go with it. And the other person had so much quit, like chop, 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 chop. And I really said, I better go with the chop, chop, chop. Because I always can come back. And now I find myself coming back a little bit, but having learned from the chop, 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 chop. So that's how I do it. I do everything like I'm in school and this is my job in the end of the day. And I better hear all what's wrong. And then I will decide how to fix this. Because I know it's on me to fix it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. I'm looking forward to those dates at the Carlisle. Oh. <laughs> Sounds like it's going to be intense. Right. In a great way. I know. But see yeah. how I scare myself. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, look like it's going to be intense. Woo. <laughs> You're like, canceled. Forget it. Wait a minute. I honestly wish I was doing a month there. You know, I had yeah. six nights there. And I was so afraid <laughs> that I wasn't going to, well, a publicist made me think that I wasn't going to... She said, six nights... Because it was her job to sell it out, not the publicist I have now. Uh-huh. A different one said, "You, how are you going to sell out six nights? I mean, how is anyone going to sell out six nights anywhere in New York? But the truth is I should have done the six nights because the Carlisle has their own audience, number one. And the other one is, who gives a damn? Right. <laughs> and I wish I had those six nights. Well, you could always do a second round. I want to, like yeah. next year. I think that I would be the kind of person who would be good... As a residency, yeah. like a mm-hmm. month. Totally. Because I just feel like so much more keeps coming out. And when I stop performing, I get into this, oh, I'm not really a performer. Right. And then when I start performing, I go, Sophie, you only find things oh, when you're yeah. on the line. Yep. Okay. Well, you'll give them a little taste. Yes. June 27th, 28th, 29th, yes. right? And then, and then they'll want more. And then Exciting. there you go. Yeah, and I'll want more. And you'll want yeah. more. Will want more. But that's the key, <laughs> by the way, is if you, you can't stay in this realm if you don't want more. And right. I think that's the hunger that keeps me here. It's not that people, I don't think people would notice if I went away. I'll be totally honest. But I want more for yeah. myself. Yeah. You have to, I mean, that's what sustains you, right? The hunger mm-hmm. for it. Yes. Yeah. Wanting to get, and even though you had that first, you said, oh my God, this music is amazing. It hasn't finished for you. You yes. said I still need something more. Yes, I haven't even had the damn vocal right. that I like. <laughs> well, oh, that's next. Right, <laughs> right, right. There you go. Um, and I just want to ask you quickly, it's Pride Month. Are you doing Pride festivities? No, and this is, again, nobody cares. I have said to the Pride people, please, I'm available. Can't I do something for Pride? I have yeah. all these songs that are perfect for Pride. But I can't get arrested for Pride. What? It's always I don't understand been. that. I don't either. Oh, my God. You should Crazy. just like get your guitar and just but do it. Post up yeah. at some Can I just street say corner. I think, as a single, amazing woman, that I am the catch of the century. What is Hell wrong yeah. with these people? Hell yeah. 
So I just say, okay, you're missing out. Oh my God. Will you come spend pride with us? Right? Let's Isn't like, that true let's though? Let's have you Absolutely. perform at pride. Isn't we'll it true? It I don't know if it's true. But <laughs> it's I think definitely so. definitely true. But so anyway, so I feel like I'm just still <laughs> in that self, I'm still preserved for whatever. But um, yeah, I can't believe that, 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 but you know, that's, I'm not the flavor and it's fine. Because I am not, a great flavor, but means. I'm not the flavor. That's stupid. <laughs> yeah, but I honestly don't mind, as you can see. Yeah, I mean, you have enough going on. Uh, a lot on. going on. Yeah. Is there a... Uh, do you know about the musical when we can maybe I have no idea. About, okay. I have no idea because it's in such editing mode. It hasn't, it hasn't even gotten to a table reading, which I'm glad because I have to write. I have to make it better. Yeah. Okay. So okay. So on the list are, yeah... Finishing that musical, killing it at the Carlisle. Yep. Moving to Brooklyn. Yes. Right. Yeah. That's a good list. Under the water. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. This has been All amazing. Right. Sophie, thank you so much. Thank you Appreciate so much. Appreciate it. Yeah. Carlisle, guys, check her out. It's going to be killer. And if you cheer loud enough, maybe you'll be on the live recording. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we can all be part of it. <laughs> maybe I'll bring people up. <gasps> Whoa. Whoa. Okay, goals. 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 <laughs> All right, Sophie, thank you. Thank you so much. That old dog has changed you up. Oh, oh, oh.
sat on the mountainside with peace of mind And I lay by the ocean making laughter with visions clear Walk for days with no one near And I return out chained and bound to you Damn! I wish I was your lover I'd walk you till the daylight comes Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.